We're gonna go behind the curtain today. Yesterday in our devotion, we studied from Luke, wherein Zechariah and Elizabeth, and they just know God told them to name their baby John. And everybody's like, well, there's nobody named John in your family, name him Zechariah. But then the result is of their obedience, their insistence on his name being John is that Zechariah's mute affliction is released. His tongue is released. He's able to speak. And what comes out is this profound, beautiful prophecy that's consistent with some Old Testament text. Now I want to take you back behind the curtain so you understand what led to that. Why was Zechariah writing on a little tablet so everybody could understand him? Here's why. Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. When his division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, meaning by chance, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. But as you're going to see, God was sovereign over the roll of the dice, if you will, the casting of lots. It was not by chance. It was by the sovereign will of God. At the hour of incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Everybody's outside, going before God, lifting up prayers. Meanwhile, at the very middle of the temple was the Holy of Holies. So in the middle of the middle of the middle of the Middle East, the epicenter of where it all went down, Zechariah is about to walk in. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and will never drink wine or beer. It's because he's going to be a Nazarite. It's an ancient Old Testament vow. Samson was one of these, albeit not a very consistent or obedient one. Samuel was one of these. Paul the Apostle, when we studied the book of Acts, we saw him temporarily take a Nazareth vow. But John the Baptist is to be one from birth. Hence, he would never drink wine or beer. He'd be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. We saw that when Mary and Elizabeth encounter. When two preggers come face to face and a prophetic proclamation of the Messiah takes place in their wombs. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous to make ready for the Lord uh, a prepared people. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel answered him, I am, a, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Ooh. Look at how harsh Gabriel was with Zechariah, but how kind and sweet he was toward Mary. Mary asked the question too, and it's a fully reasonable question. All right, it's, it's probably more reasonable than Zechariah's. 
because we see it's not, it's not totally impossible for an older couple to conceive a child later in life, but it is impossible for a virgin to conceive a child. So Mary's question may have been more reasonable. Nonetheless, we also know that Zachariah's role was one of a teacher, one of a leader in James chapter three, verse one. Ironically, the very first text that I preached at, at uh, Hermitage Hills Baptist Church in Nashville was not many of you should become teachers because those who teach will be judged more strictly. Here's Zechariah being judged more strictly, albeit for a less reasonable question than Mary's. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. After these days, his wife, Elizabeth, conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. So that's the backstory before Gabriel then goes to speak with Mary. So at this point, Elizabeth is six months pregnant because the opening text of, of verse 26 is in the sixth month. That's when Gabriel speaks to Mary. So when Elizabeth and Mary see each other, Elizabeth at that point is several months into her pregnancy, right? She's at least six months into her pregnancy. And then three for three months, Mary and Elizabeth stay together. So Mary is there for the last few months of Elizabeth's pregnancy. So John the Baptist is about six months older than Jesus. Zechariah has been told by God what's going to happen. He's in the Holy of Holies. He encounters an angel, and this is prophesied over him, that he's going he's to have a son who's going to be a Nazareth from birth, and he's going to reconcile wayward Israel, disobedient Israel to their God, the children to their father, if you will. This is what God has decreed about his yet-to-be-born son, and Zechariah's role is to say, I believe God for the impossible. But he's got some questions instead. He's got some pushback. Later on in John the Baptist's life, you're gonna see John the Baptist have some reasonable questions too. He's gonna to ask, like, is this the right time? Did I, did I get this right? I mean, he was born for this. Like he's been doing this ministry of proclaiming Jesus as Lord since before he was born. He was a neonatal, prenatal prophet. But he still, he, he hits this moment where he's in prison. Things are not going well. And he, he kind of sends word to Jesus, like, should we wait for someone else? Did I get this wrong? Is my whole life's calling really off, off target? And uh, Jesus doesn't directly give him comfort. He just says, look, the, the, the dead are raised, the blind see, the deaf hear. Like he, he affirms the works that have, that have been done, that have taken place. Mary had a question, and it's a reasonable one, of course, the most reasonable question asked yet in this text. Zechariah had a question, and his son, the one whose birth is being prophesied right here, even he, even he would have questions. It's okay to have questions. Don't demote God in your eyes, and don't accuse God of wrongdoing when hardship befalls you. See the book of Job for this. We don't sin by accusing God of wrongdoing. But it's okay to have questions. Be prepared if you're in a leadership position, if you're teaching the word, look at Zechariah's experience to experience the discipline from God. I've experienced God's discipline and it's way harsher for you if you're in a leadership position than it is for other people. Buck up, this is what God's called us to do. 
Don't worry about what God has for somebody else. It's okay if life is easier in this regard for other people. You worry about you. You look at what God has called you to do. But believe God for the impossible. It's okay to struggle. It's okay to have questions. We're actually shaping an entire ministry that launches next year called The Table, where people can come and bring the big questions they have for God. Zechariah had questions. Mary had a very reasonable question. John the Baptist would even have questions. It's okay to have questions. I want you to believe God for the impossible. Let me pray. God, I lift up my brothers and sisters in Christ right now who maybe is just struggling in what feels like silence from you. Will we look to your word and hear you speak through it? I want to lift up anybody who's just in a season of doubt and struggle. Or like Zechariah, they got questions because you've said this thing, but man, they're just struggling right now with it. Or like Mary, who has a question for Gabriel. Or John the Baptist, the very one whose prophesied birth comes to pass in this text, would have questions. I pray that your Holy Spirit's power upon those who are struggling with questions right now. I pray that they would demonstrate faith right here in this moment. Being sure of what they hope for. Certain of what they do not see. I pray that you would meet them in the doubt the way that you met the father, the boy in the gospel of Mark, who said, I do believe, help my unbelief. I pray that you would bless and fill with your Holy Spirit those who are dealing honestly with doubts right now. I pray that you would use them mightily, just like you used Zechariah, and that you would, as you did with Zechariah, set their speech free, that they may proclaim your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.